Hello everyone, this is Blake Lindley and you're listening to the Life for All International podcast where we discuss all things pro-life ministry uh, around the world. And uh, today we have a a couple of special guests. We have uh, Matthew LaFon and his wonderful wife Alana LaFon with us today. And they are going to be sharing with us just a little bit about what it is to foster children. Um, So they've been fostering for a little while now. Uh, So they have some personal experience about what it is to foster and uh, what it looks like. And so we're just going to talk with them for a little bit, ask them a few questions. And hopefully if you are interested in fostering or maybe you currently do foster or you know somebody who's who is fostering, uh, this might be a great podcast uh, for them to listen to as well. Um, Matthew, you want to say hello? Hello. This is Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Would you want us to kind of intro our family? Yeah. How about you tell us a little bit about your family and uh, maybe your family before uh, fostering? Okay, so Matthew and I have been married seven years now, I think, and we have one biological son who is now three and a half, and so we knew, or we had talked about adopting even before we were married, Um, and it's something that God continued just to keep us interested in as time went on, and um, so as we got closer to that point of kind of making the decision about adopting, God just really laid it on our hearts for foster care. And so, um, do you want to speak to that at all? Yeah, that's, it's a, I guess, opening a whole trove of our lives. But, um, you know, I'd say a lot of it starts back, for me, back in my history of just, I've lost a dad and a stepdad and, um, just really opened my eyes to the suffering that there is in life. Um, but I'd say God really transformed me when I got to uh, Trinity Baptist Church. And um, I came to the church not really caring for children. Um, they, they were probably like most guys, just kind of, they're there. <laughs> Time, money, and responsibility. And. Um, you know, over time, God changed my heart to that. But what, one of the amazing things that our church does is it is by far the most involved church that I've ever been in that really takes um, the ministry of, of life seriously and really invests, whether it, it's adoption, fostering, um, you name it, um, you know, the the challenges that that our church has, has taken on just really God used that to really open my eyes uh, as something that I could I could do. I'm not not that I have a special skill set based off what I already I guess laid out, but more just God can use all of us as a as a body to to delve into um, the brokenness of people struggling and you know, especially just the children, um, just. You know, one of the hardest parts, but one of the most rewarding parts. Um, so having, I guess, interacted with different families at church that just kind of really opened our eyes to it, and God 
finally brought us to a point that we were ready uh, to jump in. And uh, I guess that's kind of a good synopsis of, of how we, we got there. That's great. Um, you mentioned that originally y'all had thought about adopting and then later felt like God was calling you to foster rather than adopt. So was there, and there may not be, but was there any like turning point or anything that actually occurred? I can't say if there was for Matthew, um, but I really struggled with it for a while um, because of our biological son. I was concerned about the added trauma that we would be bringing in for him. And so um, Matthew seemed really interested in foster care. And I was, I was a school teacher before um, our son Mark came along and um, worked in some really hard places. And so I know what we could be bringing into our home and that terrified me. And so I just couldn't let go of the control of protecting my child. And, you know, it could be a biological child that has a ton of issues. And so really control is just an illusion, right? But um, I remember I was actually leading worship here at church for a Christmas event for women and had gone back into the sanctuary to put some uh, music equipment back. And there was just this feeling of God's presence was so strong and so powerful. And I was like, God wants to tell me something here. And that morning, I had just really been praying and asking God, just show me, show me what you want to do. Foster, adopt, have a bio kid. I don't care. We want to do what you want to, us to do um, and let Matthew and I be on the same page. Um, and so as I walked in the sanctuary and just felt God's presence so real and so strong, I looked in the back and in our church, we have some banners that some of the ladies have sewn and they're beautiful. And I looked at the first one that I saw, and it says, um, it says Father. So there are four different ones, and they're the names of God. Um, and it says Father. And it was like God spoke audibly. It says, I um, am the good father. And I can be the good father to Mark, and I can give you the ability to parent these children well. I will take care of your son and help you with these kids. So then I looked at the next one and it says creator. He says, I've created these kids and I love them. I look at the next one and it's savior. And he says, I can save these kids from their situations and I can save their souls. And then I'm like amazed. And it's, it's almost like God is speaking audibly. And then I finally turned to the last one and it says sustainer. And God says, and I will sustain you through it all. And part of me was just like, but God, that means we will face hard things, that we will need sustaining. Um, and But there was such a peace, just this promise. I kind of call it my commission um, into foster care. So, because um, he promised. He promised he would take care of us. He would take care of Mark. That was more important to me. Um, and he would sustain us. So I keep it on my phone, on my lock screen, as a reminder when the days are hard or when I'm worried about something. I have the picture of the banners of God's promises, very specific to me. So at that time, I had a feeling it was foster care related. He was telling us foster care. I wasn't for sure, but God just kind of made it clear as we went that he wanted us to do foster care. 
Very, that's incredible. Um, I, I like that you said that uh, you wanted it to be clear and you wanted to be wanted it to be clear uh, for the both of you. Right. I think that's that's important for anybody that's you know considering uh, fostering. What about you, Matthew? Do you have any clear turning point where the Lord led you away from adoption and into fostering? Uh, well, I mean, we've, we've definitely seen, uh, I guess, some of the challenges that come with adoption, not discounting that, but just the expenses mm -hmm. um, and even that itself has uncertainties. Uh, you know, when adoption can fall through. Uh, but, uh, you know, on a different end, you know, practically, obviously, with fostering, there's a lot of support systems that are already available, whether it be, you know, the state providing insurance or providing you assistance to help pay for some of the things that you have to pay for to have children. Um, but also just, you know, you jump straight into it. And so, I think kind of, I guess I approached it more practically that those were, were things and to kind of approach it to, but also as I, I mentioned earlier, just, you know, our, our church has had families that have done fostering. And so they kind of provided, I guess, some good insight um, to both Elena and I about um, ways, I guess, to make it easier than it can be. Yeah, not, <clears throat> just knowing you, you know, I've known you for a long time, but you are a very practical person. So, you know, I think it's cool that uh, really neat to, to watch how God speaks to people based on a lot of times based on who God has created them to be. And so Alana giving you kind of this vision that you could stake your stake your future on that God was going to be there. And then Matthew, you know, God just showing you the practicalities of uh, maybe fostering. So that's really uh, it's really neat to see uh, from my perspective. Um, were there, was there anybody in the church, you mentioned that the church is very pro-life, uh, adoption, foster oriented. Was there anybody that you looked to or maybe consulted before you made that decision? You don't necessarily have to tell us their name, but can you kind of give us a little bit of that? Um, yeah, well, your wife. Oh, okay. And, and you. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, I mean, we've walked with you guys through adoption. Yeah. So come to me, and I will, <laughs> I will help you uh, choose to foster um, <laughs> So, I know your wife, Carol, has always been a good friend with um, to me, and so I could ask her some questions, and just walking through some of the hardships of bringing some kids with some trauma and some issues, and and stuff so just walking with you guys through that um through in our conversations we actually use y'all as an example a lot um but uh, fostering specifically there's a couple that um they have a couple of bio kids and then um fostered two little ones and then a sibling came along and now they've adopted them all so they have five kids now and so i went to her um, to ask a lot of questions, and we ended up using the same agency um, that they had gone through, and um, just very helpful for what do I expect? What what are some of the things that I haven't thought of? Um, why did we choose this agency? We want a Christian agency. Um, even now, I can text her with crazy questions, or just she knows if I'm 
crazy, she can tell me it's going to be okay. You know? Yeah. So. So they kind of serve as a support network uh, for you. So. Absolutely. Um, so you are involved with those people who currently foster or have fostered, but then you also have your agency that you go to. So can you tell us a little bit of how that works? Yeah. So. Um, it's actually really neat that the state of Oklahoma has partnered with uh, various private entities and uh, ours is actually a Christian agency. So the, the great thing is kind of, you know, DHS is the uh, primary goal is to work with the children, but our agency's kind of main goal is, is to work with us and support us and um, I mean, they, they worked all the paperwork and I guess still work all the paperwork with us. Um, and, you know, ours actually has a 24 hour hotline that we can call at any time when there's any problems. They're always keeping a surprise of things going on. They provide training. Um, I don't know how many times Elena's had to call with, with a question uh, for, you know, needing ideas of how to, how to handle a certain situation. Um, so that's been a huge blessing, especially having talked with people that have fostered before kind of all those partnerships. Um, it substantially, I think, made the whole process a lot better. Yeah, so um, I think that's true in anybody's situation, having the support network around you. One, it makes it easier to go through the things that you go through, but also it makes it easier to make the choice to foster when you know that they're going to be people there with you. You know, similar to Carol Ann and myself when we chose to adopt, you know, we went through an organization, you know, and they did a lot of the work. And so we knew that we had that support. So, yeah, I think that's, that's very true. Um, so if you're listening to us, uh, we're talking about fostering. And uh, if you know much about fostering, there's a lot of legal things that, uh, that you can't talk about, a lot of specifics about uh, certain situations that legally, because it is a foster situation, that you're not allowed to talk about. So that's why we don't, we're not going to get real specific into certain, uh, to, into the cases. Um, but I do want to ask you, um, without being too specific, what are some joyful times or experiences that you have had through this process? Uh, I, I guess I'll jump in here. Uh, I, I think just seeing where you start and you know, looking back now, for us it's been nine months and where we're at now, it, it's amazing. Um, just the transformation that God has has done in, in our kids' lives, and um, whether it be you know physically, whether it be spiritually, um, even just their whole family, um, just seeing dramatic, dramatic improvement. Um, you know, only, only something that that God can really do, and uh, you know, hopeless situations. Because obviously the states having to get involved, so it's it's really bad. Um, so that that's something I I've really, I guess, held on to, latched on to. Something that's been really encouraging. Yeah, I think I I would agree with that. And for me, it's the specific moments um, 
that can bring so much joy, so much frustration at times, but the joy of seeing excitement in their eyes when they're just, you know, wasn't much emotion necessarily beforehand or seeing them attach and connect relationally with us when there wasn't attachment before. Um, and we, in our case, hopefully not getting too specific, get to work pretty closely with their parents and um, getting to see them beginning to form attachments and relationships and seeing mom and dad improve um, and enjoying having a relationship with their child that wasn't necessarily modeled for them, um, but they're now enjoying that relationship. And so um, it's been just really neat to see the progress. Um, and I think spiritual growth as well. We have a little one who loves to pray, loves to pray and will pray specifically. He has a whole list of his people that he's prays for, um, but his mom and dad are, you know, really interested in spiritual things and wanting to take the kids to church when they get them back. And um, for me, that's meant so much, just kind of like an intervention. Let's stop where, where this train is headed. Let's show you some things that you can do and get the kids kind of on track um, developmentally. And then we'll see if, if they can, you know, carry on. So the, the progress, the relationships, that's been really amazing to see. Uh, what would you say are, obviously, every foster situation is different. Um, you know, there's there's a huge spectrum of uh, different situations that can arise, but what have, they all carry with them some type of challenge, some more than others, obviously. Um, can you talk about maybe, without getting too specific on um, maybe challenges that you've had or how you have dealt with challenges or maybe that God, what God has taught you through those challenges? Um, well, you know, they say marriage is sanctifying <laughs> and then you have a kid and they say, oh, you'll just realize how messed up you are and how much you need God. Well, then you foster and you realize I am messed up. I am depravity of man. Um, I did not realize I had an anger problem. I have an anger problem um, pretty badly. And so for me, that's been a huge challenge of um, specifically, I think, um, dealing with some normal child behaviors and some that are elevated because of trauma and past experience. Um, with foster care, discipline is totally different. And so I can feel like my hands are tied, that I have no power to do some behavior work that, you know, needs some help. And so my anger can just rise and rise. And so I really have to watch that. And Matthew helps, try to help me. And um, there's a constant conversation with the Lord in this sanctifying process of, help me, self-control, and um, lots of memory verses and things like that that surprised me. I knew I would struggle, but I didn't realize that I would struggle this much in the anger department. So you're saying your recommendation is if people need to be sanctified. Foster. 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 Foster, foster is yes. the key. Yes, foster care. Foster Do it. is the key to sanctification. You'll find all sorts of depravity <laughs> in the nooks and crannies of your life. Uh, okay. Matthew, any any 
oh, thing man. the Lord's taught you through uh, challenges? A, a lot. Um, I, you know, control is, I, I'd say, a, a big problem for me. I, I, it's a, I guess a lot of how I have dealt with my past history, and so it's kind of this strange thing that I'm jumping into a big old mess with, you know, the situation and, um, you know, at times you really do feel just completely helpless. Um, in some ways it feels like, you know, more than everyone else that's involved in it. And, um, in some ways that, that is true because you're hands on with, with the child every day and everyone else kind of has pieces of involvement. Um, so that's a huge part of just, you have to give it to God because ultimately God put those kids in your home for the time period that they're there. And if they, whenever they go back, if they do, then that's something you have to give to him as well. Um, but so that, that's kind of a, a huge thing is letting, letting go. And, and that, that kind of plays into what Elena was talking about of, uh, just, the kids themselves, right? So they, they're, they're coming with their own challenges and, and problems that they're trying to deal with. And so how do you deal with those things in the midst of you're trying to maintain your marriage and your relationship with your child and then now you've got all these other things and dynamics that are playing in. Um, so those are probably two of the bigger things, but to, I guess, the latter part of your question is, you know, how, how do we deal with it? So mentioned the church, I'll just keep mentioning it. Um, that has been a huge part of, of obviously why we got into it, but it's a huge part of the support system. I mean, there was a, a point many months ago where we kind of just, you know, hit the ground and it, it was, it was, we just, we were flat worn out. It and was three o'clock in the morning call to the agency. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it was just amazing because we were able to call several friends and they were instantly, one of them had, some, some other event going on and they were willing to watch our kids um, in the midst of that so that we could get a break. Um, so the, that, that's a huge part of it. Obviously just prayer, what I mentioned earlier about giving it to God. Um, you know, there's no way you can walk through this um, without faith. Uh, and I'd, I'd say, you know, I guess rearing, you know, our agency has been such a huge support as well. And that, that kind of ties in with the training that they just continually are helping you with because there's always more that you can learn. And um, it is such a different way of parenting. And uh, we had some friends that, that had recently delved into it and they were kind of saying, you know, they're out of practice and of, of being parents of little children and I was just trying to encourage them like you know this is this is something that's very very different because you know you can you can tell like we can tell our biological son go do this and he's instantly going to do it hopefully. most most of the time <laughs> hopefully yeah uh, but you know with with our foster kids it's it's different you you know you may tell them to do something and it doesn't happen instantaneously and some of that's you know with the brain chemistry that it doesn't process as quickly and, and some of it's just you know other things that are going on so uh, I guess that's a long-winded answer of uh, a lot of support that's what I would say. We've talked about if you want to be sanctified, do foster care. But if you jump in to do foster care, have a support network. 
must or you're not going to make it. No. You're not. Well, that actually leads me to my kind of closing uh, thoughts here is uh, two things. There's probably people who are listening to this uh, who they themselves are in a hard place in fostering or they're listening to it and they know somebody that's in a hard place that's fostering. So what would be maybe some suggestions? You talked about support. Um, are there any other pieces of advice that you would give them? Um, I mean, yes, I do think support would be the biggest one to have those godly people who are put, pointing you back to the Lord and his promises, his faithfulness. Um, you know, take some time for yourself, your marriage, um, things like that. But practically dealing with some of the specific behaviors, the TBRI, the trust-based relational intervention um, from Karen Purvis and her um, institute at TCU um, has been huge for us. Um, I think it was actually your wife that told me about it years ago. Um, but that has been the biggest help to know how can I practically handle some of these behaviors that have a history of trauma and different brain wiring and things like that. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess just echoing what you, you said, but I think also just being willing to admit that you need help. Um, <laughs> That's where I struggle. <laughs> well, Alana raised her hand. Um, you know, it, it, it really is a, a group effort. And I mean, I've said that over and over, and I guess we just reiterate it again, but you know, we could not do it without the support of our church body. And um, if you're trying to just do it on your own or act like everything's okay, um, you're, you're gonna sink and that's not gonna be really good. Because um, there are gonna be times where just, it just feels completely hopeless and you need the support of the, the body of Christ. Um, so if you're at that point, you need to let somebody know because um, you're not alone. God, God doesn't leave us alone. Uh, there's probably people who are listening to this as well who may be considering fostering they've never done it before um, maybe it's something they've been praying about for a long time or something the Lord has been working on their heart and they're at the point where they're seriously considering fostering what would you what advice would you give them maybe positive or negative or whatever it may be what advice would you give maybe yourselves going into this uh, as well uh, I'd, I'd I'd say probably some of the things that we already talked about, but you really need to, to seek out information and talk with people if you're doing it. It could be even, you know, babysitting for a couple that's adopted or fostered. That was and, huge for us. Um, we did that a lot um, before we had kids. And um, it just, it, it builds relationships with those families, which obviously can pay off later um, when you need them you need a babysitter you need a babysitter <laughs> um, but also just it, it exposes you um, to what's going on and how how um, how different it is um, I, I think too one of the things um, 
that, that helped us a lot too is we did the Empowered to Connect conference, uh, tied in with Karen Purvis. And uh, that was very, very helpful um, beforehand to kind of get some of the concepts going. And then DHS makes you go through a lot of training. And I, I'm actually really, not that the training, you know, makes you fully an expert in, in being a foster parent, but it was actually very beneficial um, because it laid out a lot of the things that um, you deal with. Obviously, once you're in it, it's, a, it's very different because it's hands-on. But um, I'd say those two things, you know, talk with people and slash babysitting and, um, you know, get, get some training um, you know, kind of get some exposure to what's what's going on. And I'd say too, there's a lot of communities that aren't like ours. We have so many families that have adopted or fostered and that we can go to to ask questions. And a lot of people don't have that. So with today's social media, um, I mean, even getting on Facebook and searching for a foster care group, you can ask questions on that or just read other people's comments to see what they're struggling with or what some of the questions are. Um, that's been a huge help for me too, is this random Facebook group that someone added me to. Yeah, so getting that support, but also that community. Mm -hmm. Get yeah. connected. Yeah. Somebody out there is dealing with stuff and can give you advice or even hook you up with an agency um, that may be helpful. Yeah, that's great. Well, this is my last question. Um, so to kind of end on this point, so Life for All International, you know, we believe in pro-life ministry, but we believe in it uh, as a gospel-centered, Christ-centered, God-ordaining, biblical, life-giving, Jesus-centered ministry. So how would you say that, or how is this uh, your ministry? Or how is this, how is this you living out the Christ-centered life? Well, uh, I gave him a tough one there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just letting him go first because I already know. <laughs> you know, and I guess it kind of builds on the last question, but you you are delving into a mess. Um, the state's involved, so things are really bad for the state to have gotten involved and pulled the kids out. Um, so you've got that dynamic and you've got these kids and um, you know, if there's, if there's not a good home, you know, they're, they're just going to end up in a, a shelter and that's, that's not a good environment. Um, not that I'm bad mouthing shelters, but um, they've, they've done all these studies and, and that's one of the reasons the foster, program exists because kids do better um, in a family situation. Um, and so you've got this situation where the kids have been pulled out and these kids just need someone to love them um, and to, to show Christ to them. You know, and you've got kind of, the, I guess, what my mind was always kind of the before being at our church of this stereotypical foster parent which is the one that you know is going to warehouse kids um but it's been really neat i i are you know the southern baptist convention has really been pushing um families to get into fostering um, because we need godly families to do it 
And so not only is it the kids, but it also they've really been pushing interactions with the parents as part of it, and they call it bridging um, between the foster parent and the biological family. And Alana's got to share the gospel um, with their parents, and we've got to invite them to church. And so, you know, it, it's, yes, there's the physical aspect of, of serving in that way, but also there's the spiritual aspect um, that, you know, you, you get to help people in a tough situation and show them the love of Christ. Um, because if you're not there, then, you know, who, who's going to do it? Um, you know, we need to, so I guess applying it to us, that's something that God's called us to is, is to love people and love these kids. Um, yeah. I think back to that time when I was struggling, God, do you really want us to do foster care? What about Mark? What about our marriage? What about this? What about that? And God asked over and over, um, I would say, well, what about the peace in our home? Like as a wife, as a mom, it's my job to help facilitate peace. And if I ask you to surrender that, would you do it? Well, yes. And just over and over, God asking, would you surrender? Would you surrender? Would you surrender? And every time my answer has to be yes, because God is sovereign. God is in control, right? And so um, loving these babies that have issues, or even if they didn't come with any issues, they're displaced from their home. Um, they may or may not have any spiritual background. Ours have a touch of a spiritual background. Um, but just getting to introduce them to Christ alongside our biological son, it's the same. It's an evangelistic mission. Um, so I want them to know Christ just as much as I want Mark to know Christ. And so whether it's um, we see an ambulance go by and let's pray for that situation, um, or why did Jesus die on the cross? Um, and the questions, just like we're training up Mark, coming alongside them. And then we have the unique opportunity to bring their parents into that um, in pieces. I see them, well, it's changed a little bit, but I used to see them like twice a week. And so um, just conversations and examples and um, clarifying the gospel, there's some confusion. Um, and just letting it just be our evangelistic mission. And it's, I'm a stay-at-home mom. It's what I do all day, every day. Um, just so introduce these babies and their parents to the Lord. And who knows how far he can take that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you don't know what the Lord is going to do in any situation, you know, and we have to trust God in that and mm -hmm. be faithful to what God's called us to and let him do the do the do the spiritual work through through that. Um, I want to thank y'all for uh, taking time to do this podcast with us and sharing sharing with us your heart um, for fostering and what God's been teaching you. And thank you all for being vulnerable. Um, sure. Yeah. This has been fun. Yeah. Well, good. And I also want to thank y'all for um, just fostering and doing the hard work and saying yes to the Lord and uh, learning and growing. And as Alana said, being sanctified. So, I, you know, I really, I really do appreciate that. You, you're, a, you're a testimony to others. Um, you know, so you have a ministry to the children, you have a ministry to the parents, maybe to the adoption agents or the fostering agency. 
workers at DHS, you have a testimony to them, but you also have a testimony to, to other people around you, family members, church members, people that see you around. Uh, you know, so the testimony is not just to the children alone. It's a wide testimony that speaks to a lot of different people. So uh, thank you all very much for that um, and for joining us. And thank you for listening. Um, share this uh, with people who may be interested in fostering or you know who are fostering. And uh, once again, I'm Blake Lindley, and you've been listening to the Life for All International podcast. We thank you for listening and look forward to uh, talking with you soon. Bye.